0: chapter fifteen of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri Murger, translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter 15. Donec gratus we have told how the painter marcel made the acquaintance of mademoiselle musette united one morning by the ministry of caprice the registrar of the district they had fancied as often happens that their union did not extend to their hearts but one evening when after a violent quarrel they resolved to leave one another on the spot they perceived that their hands which they had joined in a farewell clasp would no longer quit one another almost in spite of themselves fancy had become love both half-laughingly acknowledged it this is very serious what has happened to us said marcel what the deuce have we been up to oh replied musette we must have been clumsy over it we did not take enough precautions what is the matter asked rodolphe who had become marcel's neighbor entering the room the matter is replied marcel that this lady and myself have just made a pretty discovery we are in love with one another we must have been attacked by the complaint whilst asleep oh oh i don't think that it was whilst you were asleep observed rodolphe but what proves that you are in love with one another possibly you exaggerate the danger we cannot bear one another said marcel and we cannot leave one another added musette there my children your business is plain each has tried to play cunning and both have lost it is the story of mimi and myself we shall soon have run through two almanacs quarrelling day and night it is by that system that marriages are rendered eternal wed a yes to a no and you obtain the union of philemon and baucis your domestic interior will soon match mine and if schaunard and femie come and live in the house as they have threatened our trio of establishments will render it a very pleasant place of residence at that moment gustave colline came in he was informed of the accident that had befallen Musette and marcel well philosopher said the latter what do you think of this colline rubbed the hat that had served him for a roof and murmured i felt sure of it beforehand love is a game of chance he who plays at bowls may expect rubbers it is not good for man to live alone that evening on returning home rodolphe said to mimi there is something new musette dotes on marcel and will not leave him poor girl replied mimi she who has such a good appetite too and on his side marcel is hard and fast in love with musette poor fellow said mimi he who is so jealous that is true observed rodolphe he and i are pupils of othello shortly afterwards the households of rodolphe and marcel were reinforced by the household of schaunard the musician moving into the house with Fémie tenturier from that day all the other inhabitants slept upon a volcano and at quarter-day sent in a unanimous notice of their intention to move to the landlord indeed hardly a day passed without a storm breaking out in one of these households now it was mimi and rodolphe who no longer having strength to speak continued their conversation with the aid of such missiles as came under their hands but more frequently it was schaunard addressing a few observations to the melancholy Femie with the end of a walking-stick as to marcel and musette their arguments were carried on in private sittings they took at least the precaution to close their doors and windows if by chance peace reigned in the three households the other lodgers were not the less victims of this temporary concord the indiscretion of partition walls allowed all the secrets of bohemian family life to transpire and initiated them in spite of themselves into all its mysteries thus more than one neighbour preferred the casus belli to the ratification of treaties of peace it was in truth a singular life that was led for six months the most loyal fraternity was practised without any fuss in this circle in which everything was for all and good or evil fortune shared there were in the month certain days of splendour when no one would have gone out without gloves days of enjoyment when dinner lasted all day long there were others when one would have almost gone to court without boots lenten days when after going without breakfast in common they failed to dine together or managed by economic combination to furnish forth one of those repasts at which plates and knives were resting as mademoiselle mimi put it in theatrical parlance but the wonderful thing is that this partnership in which there were three young and pretty women no shadow of discord was found amongst the men they often yielded to the most futile fancies of their mistresses but not one of them would have hesitated for a moment between the mistress and the friend love is born above all from spontaneity it is an improvisation friendship on the contrary is so to say built up it is a sentiment that progresses without circumspection it is the egoism of the mind whilst love is the egoism of the heart the bohemians had known one another for six years this long period of time spent in a daily intimacy had without altering the well-defined individuality of each brought about between them a concord of ideas a unity which they would not have found elsewhere they had manners that were their own a tongue amongst themselves to which strangers would not have been able to find the key those who did not know them very well called their freedom of manner cynicism it was however only frankness with minds impatient of imposed control they all hated what was false and despised what was low accused of exaggerated vanity they replied by proudly unfurling the programme of their ambition and conscious of their worth held no false estimate of themselves during the number of years that they had followed the same life together though often placed in rivalry by the necessities of their profession they had never let go one another's hands and had passed without heeding them over personal questions of self-esteem whenever an attempt had been made to raise these between them in order to disunite them besides they each esteemed one another at their right worth and pride which is the counter-poison of envy preserved them from all petty professional jealousy however after six months of life in common an epidemic of divorce suddenly seized on the various households schaunard opened the ball one day he perceived that Femie Tenturiere had one knee better shaped than the other, and as his was an austere purism as regards plastics, he sent Femie about her business, giving her as a souvenir the cane with which he had addressed such frequent remarks to her. Then he went back to live with a relative who offered him free quarters. A fortnight later, Mimi left Rodolphe to step into the carriage of the young Vicomte Paul, the ex-pupil of Carolus Barbemouche, who had promised her dresses to her heart's desire, after Mimi, it was Musette who went off and returned with a grand flourish of trumpets amongst the aristocracy of the world of gallantry, which she had left to follow Marcel. The separation took place without quarrel, shock, or premeditation, born of a fancy that had become love. This union was broken off by another fancy one evening during the carnival at the mass ball at the opera whither she had gone with marcel musette had for her vis-a-vis in a quadrille a young man who had formerly courted her they recognized one another and whilst dancing exchanged a few words unintentionally perhaps whilst informing the young man of her present condition in life she may have dropped a word of regret as to her past one at any rate at the end of the quadrille musette made a mistake and instead of giving her hand to Marcel, who was her partner, gave it to her vis-à-vis, who led her off and disappeared with her in the crowd. Marcel looked for her, feeling somewhat uneasy. In an hour's time, he found her on the young man's arm. She was coming out of the Café de l'Opera, humming a tune. On catching sight of Marcel, who had stationed himself in a corner with folded arms, she made him a sign of farewell, saying, I shall be back. That is to say, do not expect me, translated Marcel he was jealous but logical and knew musette hence he did not wait for her but went home with a full heart and an empty stomach he looked into the cupboard to see whether there were not a few scraps to eat and perceived a bit of stale bread as hard as granite and a skeleton-like red herring i cannot fight against truffles he thought at any rate musette will have some supper and after passing his handkerchief over his eyes under pretext of wiping his nose he went to bed two days later musette woke up in a boudoir with rose-covered hangings a blue brougham was at her door and all the fairies of fashion had been summoned to lay their wonders at her feet musette was charming and her youth seemed yet further rejuvenated in this elegant setting then she began her old life again was present at every festivity and reconquered her celebrity she was spoken of everywhere in the lobbies of the bourse and even at the parliamentary refreshment bars as to her new lover Monsieur alexis he was a charming young fellow he often complained to musette of her being somewhat frivolous and inattentive when he spoke to her of his love then musette would look at him laughingly and say what would you have my dear fellow i stayed six months with a man who fed me on salad and soup without butter who dressed me in a cotton gown and usually took me to the odeon because he was not well off as love costs nothing and as i was wildly in love with this monster we expended a great deal of it together i have scarcely anything but its crumbs left pick them up i do not hinder you besides i have not deceived you about it if ribbons were not so dear i should still be with my painter as to my heart since i have worn an eighty-franc corset i do not hear it and i am very much afraid that i have left it in one of marcel's drawers the disappearance of the three bohemian households was the occasion of a festival in the house they had inhabited as a token of rejoicing the landlord gave a grand dinner and the lodgers lit up their windows rodolphe and marcel went to live together each had taken a new idol whose name they were not exactly acquainted with sometimes it happened that one spoke of musette and the other of mimi and then they had a whole evening of it they recalled to one another their old life the songs of musette and the songs of mimi nights passed without sleep idle mornings and dinners only partaken of in dreams one by one they hummed over in these recollective duets all the bygone hours and they usually wound up by saying that after all they were still happy to find themselves together their feet on the fender stirring the december logs smoking their pipes and having as a pretext for open conversation between them that which they whispered to themselves when alone that they had dearly loved these beings who had vanished bearing away with them a part of their youth and that perhaps they loved them still one evening when passing along the boulevard marcel perceived a few paces ahead of him a young lady who in alighting from a cab exposed the lower part of a white stocking of admirable shape the very driver himself devoured with his eyes this charming gratification in excess of his fare by jove said marcel that is a neat leg i should like to offer it my arm come now how shall i manage to accord it ha i have it it is a fairly novel plan excuse me madam," continued he approaching the fair unknown whose face at the outset he could not at first get a full view of but you have not by chance found my handkerchief yes sir replied the young lady here it is and she placed in marcel's hand a handkerchief she had been holding in her own the artist rolled into an abyss of astonishment but all at once a burst of laughter full in his face recalled him to himself by this joyous outbreak he recognized his old love it was mademoiselle musette ah she exclaimed monsieur marcel in quest of gallant adventures what do you think of this one eh it does not lack fun i think it endurable replied marcel where are you going so late in this region asked musette i am going into that edifice said the artist pointing to a little theatre where he was on the free list for the sake of art no for the sake of laura who is laura continued musette whose eyes shot forth notes of interrogation marcel kept up the tone she is a chimera whom i am pursuing and who plays here and he pretended to pull out an imaginary shirt frill you are very witty this evening said musette and you very curious observed marcel do not speak so loud every one can hear us and they will take us for two lovers quarrelling it would not be the first time that that happened said marcel musette read a challenge in this sentence and quickly replied and it will not perhaps be the last eh her words were plain they whizzed past marcel's ear like a bullet splendours of heaven said he looking up at the stars you are witness that it is not i who opened fire quick my armour from that moment the firing began it was now only a question of finding some appropriate pretext to bring about an agreement between these two fancies that had just woke up again so lively as they walked along musette kept looking at marcel and marcel kept looking at musette they did not speak but their eyes those plenipotentiaries of the heart often met after a quarter of an hour's diplomacy this congress of glances had tacitly settled the matter there was nothing to be done save to ratify it the interrupted conversation was renewed candidly now said musette to marcel where were you going just now i told you to see laura is she pretty her mouth is a nest of smiles oh i know all that sort of thing but you yourself said marcel whence came you on the wings of this four-wheeler i came back from the railway station where i had been to see off alexis who was going on a visit to his family what sort of man is alexis in turn musette sketched a charming portrait of her present lover whilst walking along marcel and musette continued thus on the open boulevard the comedy of reawakening love with the same simplicity in turn tender and jesting they went verse by verse through that immortal ode in which horace and lydia extol with such grace the charms of their new loves and end by adding a postscript to their old ones as they reached the corner of the street a rather strong picket of soldiers suddenly issued from it Musette struck an attitude of alarm and clutching hold of marcel's arm said ah good heavens look there soldiers there is going to be another revolution let us bolt off i am awfully afraid see me indoors where shall we go asked marcel to my place said musette you shall see how nice it is i invite you to supper we will talk politics no replied marcel who thought of monsieur alexis i will not go to your place despite your offer of a supper i do not like to drink my wine out of another's glass musette was silent in face of this refusal then through the mist of her recollections she saw the poor home of the artist for marcel had not become a millionaire she had an idea and profiting by meeting another picket she manifested fresh alarm they are going to fight she exclaimed i shall never dare go home marcel my dear fellow take me to one of my lady friends who must be living in your neighbourhood as they were crossing the pont Neuf, musette broke into a laugh what is it asked marcel nothing replied musette only i remember that my friend has moved she is living at batignolles on seeing marcel and musette arrive arm in arm rodolph was not astonished it is always so said he with these badly buried loves end of chapter 15 recording by expatriate in bangor maine